Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast is Mitch Hupe. Mitch bowled collegiately at Wichita State University. He just finished fifth in the USBC Masters. Mitch, it's Tim Berg and Coach Casey of Clemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Well, Mitch, let's begin. You just finished fifth in the USBC Masters. Talk about your week and how you were able to use your bowling in college at Wichita State to help you through that entire week as it's a long, grueling week and, and a very difficult lane pattern. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, one of the biggest things I took away from college was, uh, I guess, the grinding aspect. So the, the patterns we bowled on in college, were they're pretty difficult. You know, we've seen Hoagland patterns um, a few times throughout mm. the four years I was bowling. So that was a big asset I, I got from uh, bowling at Wichita State um, is just getting that experience on those harder patterns and knowing how important spare shooting is and, um, you know, grinding out the 180s and 190s and, taking advantage of the 220s and 230s um, to get into a position where I can make that top 64. Um, you know, we saw the pattern was pretty difficult. It didn't take very much to make the top 64. Um, you really saw a lot of grinders and jaw makers make it to the top 64. So you mentioned that, and I'd like to expand on that just a little bit because there's a there's a, a thought out there of the between the collegiate players and the patterns that Nick designs for the USBC Masters and the US Open and such that you need to stay more behind the ball. You, you know, you don't see a lot of those big, the big high rev guys with the high tilt making, making the shows. So is that when you say that, that's the first thing that popped into my head. Is that what you mean? You're able to control more of the pocket and more keep the ball on a straight line as opposed to it going sideways? Yeah, yeah, sure. That's definitely a skill that you pick up on. I think it's more of a natural thing that, um, that I do. Um, and I've just learned how to adapt my game to those kind of patterns. So, you know, I, I experienced firsthand, Mitch, going across that center um, in the qualifying at, uh, at the Gold Coast. And, you know, not only was the pattern tough, but I think one of the other real challenging things was it seemed like they, uh, they played uh, so different from pair to pair. One, did, did you experience that as well? And then two, if you did, uh, what did you do as far as, you know, balancing between uh, different bowling balls or layouts or, or parts of the lane. What was some of that strategy that helped you helped you get there all the way to the TV show? Yeah, uh, if you looked at the, the lane graphs for the, the entire house, um, lane to lane was very different. Not only pair to pair, but just lane to lane um, was pretty drastically different. Um, so one thing that we use, uh, myself and the ball reps, is we, we did really look at the lane graphs and saw which lanes uh, may have had different tendencies based on the topography. Um, but another thing I did during qualifying is I, I really used urethane um, on the fresh pattern, at least. Uh, it really, you know, gave me that even keel look, I guess, um, and kept the pocket in play for most of the time. Um, it turned into actually a really good look. It wasn't really what I was expecting in match play, but it turned into a, a phenomenal look um, in terms of scoring once, you know, we had less people on a pair and you're obviously moving pairs less and less because you had three games on one, on one pair. Um, but during the qualifying, at least, I used more stable balls, um, like I said, urethane, and just kept the, the pocket in play. Mitch, how would you say your 2019 PBA season has gone so far? Um, so the season was pretty difficult uh, for myself. Uh, you know, it, it was a great addition having Fox, um, don't get me wrong, but um, with that, with the higher um, 
payout on top, there was a cut in, I guess, the pay ratio. So it was a little harder to catch a check. Uh, I think they went from one in three to one in four. So a lot of us that were grinding, uh, you know, maybe for those lower cash spots, kind of struggled this season. Um, and getting there, especially with the increase in the entry fee, too, going from, uh, I think it was maybe 250 to 500 for each event. So I think in the first nine, eight or nine events, I only made one cut. So it was difficult. Um, you know, I really found out who I who I was um, and bared down through those more difficult tournaments. Um, luckily, I had a, a good event at the World Series. I finished 28th in the World Championships and 13th in the Chameleon. Kind of gave me a, a little confidence boost, um, a little financial boost, too. And I uh, just used that going into the, the USBC Masters. You know, the one thing that does tell you, too, I mean, as far as the level of competition um, out there, it, it is absolutely phenomenal. Because, I mean, you came into uh, 2019 with a uh, a big win at the World Championships in Hong Kong, right? You won the right. gold, gold medal in the Masters there. What was it like uh, winning that gold medal and, and, you know, earning it for Canada and for yourself? What was that like? Yeah, that was no doubt one of the best experiences of my life. Um, you know, it's one thing to win something for yourself, but to win something for your country, uh, you know, you can't really put words to describe that. Um, yeah, it was it was a phenomenal moment for myself as well as the Canadian team. We had an amazing event, and to come out with the gold medal, uh, you know, to cap it off was uh, the icing on top. Mitch, share a few of the better memories you have from bowling collegiately. Okay, uh, well, winning the 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 team championship in uh, I think it was 2015 was probably up there in, in terms of ranking. Um, that too, you know, that was that was close to a similar feeling to winning that gold medal in Hong Kong. Um, winning something as a team, you know, you put in eight to nine months uh, for one goal, and to achieve that goal uh, is pretty priceless. Um, and of course, you know, we had good results the other three years that I bowled as well. I think we finished, uh, I believe, third three times. Um, so those were, you know, those were up there as well, having those good results after so many months of hard work and learning, mm-hmm. learning your teammates and, you know, experiencing so many different emotions together to, to go out there and achieve something like that is, is pretty, pretty amazing. And, and one of the things we've heard, you know, in the past from other, uh, either alums, uh, people familiar with the Wichita state, you know, bowling program is, um, the diversity of of what you study and what you learn, you know, not just only the physical game, but, you know, learning so much more uh, mentally and lane play uh, strategies and what it takes to, to win as a team versus maybe competing, uh, you know, as an individual. So um, I guess what I'm, what I'm wondering here is, is uh, twofold. One, what made you select and choose Wichita state for school? And then two, um, what do you take away from that as, uh, as, as being the, you know, the biggest uh, kind of growth area that you had in your in your bowling career? Okay. Um, so I chose Wichita State because, well, we don't have really any collegiate programs in Canada, unfortunately, and I didn't really know of many in the States um, until I went to our Canadian team trials and I met up with Mark Buffa and uh, Francois Lavoie, who had just joined the program, and I, you know, I watched them bowl, and I just thought to myself, if I want to you know, be anywhere where I want to be, I have to go there. There's no other option. Um, at the time, you know, those were two of the greatest bowlers in our country. And if I wanted to see myself um, be at that level, I'd have to follow in their footsteps. So 
you know, there were a few other options, but in the end, Wichita State was, you know, it's where I, I knew I wanted to be. Um, and I just, you know, I couldn't have made a better decision. It was definitely ranked um, up there in terms of best decisions I've ever made. You know, I've heard before Wichita State um, not only develops amazing bowlers, but they de- definitely develop amazing people too. And I, I couldn't you know, testify more to that. And my final question is, what would, what advice would you have for a high schooler listening to this podcast as far as choosing a school for them and uh, and, and where they should be thinking of bowling collegiately? Uh, my, my, I guess, greatest tip would be don't be afraid to, to take the leap. You know, it can be kind of scary thinking of moving away from your friends and family. Um, but there's there's no part of me that does that you, you know, won't regret that. Um you really, you really find out who you want to be, who you are, um, and you just you develop not only as as an athlete, um, and, you know, and educationally, of course, but uh, you just you become an adult. You move up, uh, you move up in the world. Awesome. All right. Well, good stuff. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thanks, Mitch, for joining us. We definitely appreciate your time and in great bowling at the World Championships uh, at the end of last year, and then uh, the Masters performance on TV. Had an exceptional week, and I want to wish you. Uh, continued success on the lanes and maybe sometime down the road we'll catch up again yeah thank you guys um it was my pleasure